Oh, hello, weary travelers. Come on in. It looks like the bod is about to begin. I'll pour the ales over the stories, fables, and tales about the bards, battle axes, and bows taking out their ferocious foes. Just take a listen to the tales that we spin here at the Carriage Rest Inn. Previously on Carriage Rest Tales. No Miss Greytail, the party's magnanimous bard, grew up with a traveling troupe of tabaxi entertainers made up of two families, the Greytails and the Ragamuffins. Nomus first discovered he bears the gift of the light when his troop was attacked by Denoa some time ago. During the attack, Nomus made a connection with the goddess Valdana and used his newfound gift to fend off the threat. However, his troop did not escape unscathed. The attack left the group fractured and Nomus separated from his best friend, Grace Ragamuffin, who's been missing ever since. During one of their early patrols in Black Bay Harbor, Nomus had an encounter with a stranger that left him quite unsettled. For one thing, the stranger's speech was both cryptic and alarming. More disconcerting was the crude brand prominently displayed on the man's forehead. And perhaps most unsettling, the stranger carried the familiar scent of Grace Ragamuffin. After rehearsing with Wallace for their performance in the rapidly approaching Festival of Light, Nomus once again sees the mysterious man in the tan robe and detects the scent of his missing friend. Join us now as we go on a strange journey with Nomus and his new acquaintance on this special episode of Carriage Rest Tales. All right, all right, all right, and welcome to another episode of Carriage Rest Tales. I'm your host and one of the Dungeon Masters, Mike. For this episode, we're doing something different and shining a spotlight on our favorite tabaxi bard, or should I say bardaxi? Bardaxi? Bardaxi. Sure. <laughs> it's a bardaxi? Bar- Bard- no, bardaxi. no. You got to have the axie in there. Bardaxi? Bardaxi. So without further ado, to my left, we have... Do you say that to all your favorite all Bardaxi favorite players? Bardaxi right? players, yes. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Ryan. Uh, of course, I'm playing Gnomus and a uh, little nervous as I'm the only one sitting around this table with Mike and John's from afar like he always is. So it's it's kind of weird, but looking forward to it. <laughs> and I'm John, the second DM. Last we left you, Nomis, you were finishing up rehearsal with Wallace. Did Wallace take off yet, or is he still there? I can't remember. Uh, He's kind of packing up his things and getting ready to leave. Before we begin, I was just curious, what did you bring with you to the rehearsal? Uh, I would think, obviously, my liar. Um, Honestly, I probably would not have brought my weapons because I'm not used to bringing my weapons, but I think I would bring that wooden dagger just because... I know Valdania or somebody like that gave it to me. I just had the experience with the tapestry. I think I want to keep it on hand just because I don't know its purpose. Okay. Yeah. So a liar and a wooden dagger. So hopefully, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And Ada told you that it's quite expensive. So that makes sense. Okay. So looking across the courtyard, you catch a whiff of Grace's perfume, similar to before. And as you're kind of scanning around your surroundings, that's when you spot the tan robe kind of off in the corner, like an alleyway watching you. Okay, so I'm scanning again. I, to be clear, I, I don't see Grace. It's just the tan figure again. Yep, but that mm-hmm. same familiar scent on the air. Okay. I know the last time I encountered one of these people, I think I had really bad I, I was just shaken the last time I encountered him. Am I am I getting that same like same feeling, or do I need to no, roll? No, you just see him there. He's he's not really doing anything, but he is watching you. 
since I'm smelling grace, that's my main objective for coming to the order in the first place. I'm I'm yelling at him. Okay. You, what are you doing? He doesn't run away, but he steps back and starts kind of like walking away from the central courtyard where the stage is set up. And I'm walking towards him like, what have you done with Grace? Uh, he that- waits until you clear the courtyard, but he kind of pulls you away and separates from you from Wallace. And eventually you, uh, I-, I assume you're just kind of trying to follow him. Yeah, I think in my head, this guy knows where Grace is. He's done something to her. Somehow he's gotten a hold of the scent or perfume, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. that she used. Yeah, so you're, you're following him at this point for a couple of blocks, and he rounds a corner, and you round the corner behind him, and he is waiting for you, and he is face-to-face with you now. Is it the same guy that I encountered before? It is, yes. No more riddles. Where is Grace? I got a wooden dagger. <laughs> I'm not afraid to use it on you. <laughs> no, miss. We have i have we have a message for you a message for the master no no a message from the master come come with me come come with us come with me i'm not and going anywhere with you until i know where grace is he he's walking in the opposite direction crap all right <laughs> novice doesn't know any better this guy knows where grace is he's reluctantly following him not thinking about I should probably gotten Wallace to come with me. He's blinders are on. This dude knows where Grace is. Mm-hmm. So he's walking calmly and zigzagging through the city, and he's he's muttering him to himself a little bit. And you hear him just kind of repeating some of the things he has already said, either this time when he met you or last time. Just hear words here and there, like incomplete, or we have a message. And every once in a while, you just hear your name, like kind of. Almost like it's he's saying a word he doesn't recognize. Just no, miss. Look, pal, I don't care about souls being full. I just, who's your master and where is my friend Grace? I know you have her. You smell like her. You're, you're I, starting to make me mad, and I don't get I, mad very easily. I am just the messenger. We have something to show you. And at this point, he stops and gestures clearly having led you to a destination. And you find yourself at sort of an unfamiliar-looking building. You don't recognize it because you haven't been here in Black Bay Harbor. It's in kind of a remote area from a lot of the populated areas, and you see a hand-painted sign out front that tells you that this is Black Bay Harbor's prison. (laughs) Fantastic. Have I been here? So I haven't been here before. No, you guys haven't been here yet. Is since is it like past the beef leather shops? Is it past Teresa's house? Yep. So like, the prison would be down in the. Sorry, I forget. I have a map. You're fine. Kind of in the warehouse section area. So it's gonna be down in Lewiston. You would oh, know okay. that. You would know that Lewiston is more like a basically what I was just saying. It's like a warehouse storage facility area. So there's not much of a population like as citizens that live around that town so that'd be a good spot to place a uh, prison okay so it's we've never really ventured south before no we've gone to butcher town that's more southeast yeah looking you guys would have passed lewiston but you wouldn't have gone like into the district at all. got it okay there's not really citizens to go patrol or you know like there's not as much of a reason for the order to be down there so Uh, is this guy motioning 
for me to go into the prison. Yeah, he, uh, like I said, he stops and gestures like you've arrived at a destination, and he says, a prison to keep the bad away from the good, but the bad that belongs to the good is not so bad. Go inside, and see the worst this city has to offer. I'm going to look at him and kind of like retract my claws because that's the only weapon I really have on me. You don't want to use the wooden dagger? No, I don't want to get laughed at. I don't know. Well, actually, I don't think this guy has any idea what's going on. Yeah, I'll I'll say this guy is not necessarily threatening. He may be a bit alarming, but he's a pretty like skinny, lanky, and he doesn't seem very strong, but he's got that crazy guy energy. Got it. Okay. So anyway, I'm going to show my claws and be like, if, if I find out you did anything to harm a hair on Grace's head, I'm coming after you and I'm bringing my friends and I'm walking in. Nomis doesn't know any better. He's, he's focused. Yeah. So you walk in and there is sort of a reception desk in the front and there is a single guard sitting there. And Mike is, would the prison guards be part of the order or is there kind of a separate like human police in Black Bay Harbor? Yeah, there's a separate police system for non-Denoa related incidents. And when you walk into the facility, you see the guard and he's basically just drawing away and he doesn't really seem to notice you at all because he's pretty infatuated with whatever he's drawing on the desk. Okay. Is there like a door for me to go through? What you would typically see in a jail cell, so like an old-fashioned jail cell, there'd be a doorway, but it would have metal bars over it with a key lock. Okay, so I can't get anywhere without talking to this guy. Yeah, without talking to him. Okay. Uh, I'll approach him. Okay. Excuse me. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, hello, sir. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Where where are you drawing there? I didn't expect to see a... Uh, officer of the order here. Um, oh, that's, um, I like to just draw when I get, to, you know, it's usually really quiet around here. There's um, what you're looking at looks like a patent drawing of a sandwich. It's it's like a, it's a sandwich that's like separated into different parts, but he's like labeling it with like figure numbers. So he's stuff. like deconstructed <laughs> it like one a lettuce. Yep. Okay. Yep. A sandwich blueprint. You look like you have a very creative side of you. Yeah, my wife. Guard. She likes to bake and make sandwiches, and we're hoping to make a, a a sandwich shop. And I am sorry, I was slacking off, sir. Please don't be mad at me. Don't report me, please. Oh, I'm not mad. Oh, okay. Well, you, what what can I do to help you? Do you by chance have a tabaxi prisoner here? Um, we have some tabaxi prisoners. Yes. May I speak with them? Yeah, I, yeah. Here, um, let me just open the door for you, and you can, um, just just walk around and let me know if you need anything. I'll be I'll be here. I All won't right. be in your way. What's What's your name? Uh, Frank. Frank, I'm Nomis. You're you're okay. Okay, are you sure? Yes, go back to your patent. It looks very important. Okay. I shouldn't be long. Okay, and then he's going to get up and open the door for you and just say, I have to lock it behind you, but just, you know, I'll I'll be paying attention when you come back. I can let you out. All right. Frank, you need to do me a favor. Yes. If I'm not back in about an hour, you need to get the order of light to come here. Okay, I can do that. Can you do that for me, Frank? Yes. All right. Please don't take an hour, though. That'd be very scary. Okay, half hour. Okay. Okay. And then he's going to close the door behind you, and you hear it lock, but you know he just doesn't want, in the case that an inmate gets out, he doesn't want it, them to get out also. Okay. And you find yourself in a jail cell. Well, not a jail cell, but like a- A cell block. Cell block. 
So there's lots of other cells along the way. And John, do you want to describe what he sees? Yeah. So the cell block that you're walking along, it's like a single hallway and there are cells on either side of it and it stretches for, uh, I don't know, maybe 120 feet. So there's uh, maybe two dozen cells, uh, so 12 on either side. And you see in each one a pair of figures and it's it's not like a like a jail scene that you see in most movies and TV shows. It's actually a very like calm environment inside. It's if you've ever seen like what they how they describe like European like Scandinavian prisons, it's it's more like that. And there is really just like I said that this kind of calm vibe in the place. It's not hostile and the Prisoners, as you walk by, either don't acknowledge you or, if anything, they give you kind of a, a friendly, like, head nod as you walk by. So am I seeing all sorts of, like, races? Yeah, like, it's a it's class, a equal like, representation here. There are um, males and females. Um, males are on one side, females are on the other, and they're just all different races. Um, it, it's really kind of representative of the people that you've seen around Black Bay Harbor. They're not bearing this squid forehead tattoo, are they? As you get toward the end of the cell block, there is a cell that only has one prisoner in it, and they seem to be acting a little bit differently from the rest of the prisoners. I think that's the one I'm going to approach. (laughs) Yeah, so this prisoner is sort of hunched over in the corner of their cell, rocking back and forth and muttering to themselves kind of like your your companion for the evening who is who brought you here okay do can i um roll a perception or anything if i smell grace's scent go ahead and roll perception since i didn't roll any dice last session all right so i'm gonna roll my d20 i get a plus four perception 13 yeah you you don't pick up grace's smell but you do see, you, you can't quite tell what it is from the distance you're at, but you see a mark on the back of his hand. You probably smell a little bit of like a campfire type smell. Okay, so like this guy might have been out camping. Yeah, maybe something like that. Okay, It's it's the smell of burning. Like, okay. Smoke, ash, that's, that's the scent you're picking up on. Got it. Okay, I'll approach this prisoner and you there. What, what are you doing? It's it's not it's not complete the world it's not it's not whole it's you what 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 can I do for you I and was at, at this point he's uh, bringing himself over to you uh, still on the ground kind of shifting around to on his knees I was told that you may have a message for me from your master my name is Nomis oh do you know where Grace is. And I'm going to put my hand on the bar, like, rattle it. You, where's Grace? Like he, When you say your name is Nomis, his demeanor shifts a little bit, and he turns away from you again, and he says, you're, you're not who I thought you were. Who did you think I would be? It's, it's not important. But have you, has she found you yet? Has who found me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I start the fires. That was my job. Just start the fires. 
I did my job, and now I'm here. <laughs> that was what she told me to do. Who is she? Are you talking about Grace? <laughs> Look, pal. How, he's he's not really coherently responding to you anymore. How how far am I away from the prisoner? At this point, he's brought himself closer to you. Uh, when he turned away from you, he kind of just barely pulled out of reach. But as he did, you can now see the mark on his hand. And it is not the exact same as the one on the guy outside's forehead, but it is very similar. His mark just looks like a neater version of the one on the guy outside's forehead. Interesting. If you can imagine if that they did it to themselves, doing it on the back of his hand probably would have been a lot easier than doing it on your own forehead. I just pictured, since I'm the king of references on this show, podcast, uh, Game of Thrones, like the sparrows, like carving the weird, it's like a five-star holy Ooh. symbol on their forehead. Yeah. That's a, what I'm kind of picturing, like, it's self-inflicted. You could maybe almost. put that together. It's a brand, so it's definitely, you know, like something that was in metal, like heated up and then branded on them. But this one doesn't seem as jarring and wobbly and wiggly as the forehead brand of the, your compatriot outside. Okay. All right. Uh, I think at this point, Nomis is getting pretty aggravated, which he kind of prides himself on being very kind of cool and collected, um, kind of playing the middle, which he always does with <laughs> Woods and Basso. So I think at this point, since he's not thinking clearly, he is going to cast Mage Hand and have his Mage Hand like grip the back of this guy's cloak, shirt, whatever he's wearing, and just tug. I think it's like a 10-pound. Just trying to- I feel like that would be enough to like turn him around and for Nomis to look at him. Yeah, so he, you pull on the back of his shirt that he's wearing, and it spins him around to face you, and there is frenzy in his eyes. And he actually leaps toward the bars and reaches through like he's trying to attack you. And make a, make a deck save for me. All right, so I'm going to roll my d20 saving throw. I wrote a plus five. Yeah, so saving throws, you'd get your dexterity modifier and then your proficiency because you're kind of quickly reacting, so you'd be proficient since you're barred. You're proficient in dexterity. So I'm early D20, I'm going to add five to it. One. Uh, he <laughs> grabs hold of your vest and has it gripped very tight, and he's pulling you toward the bars now, and he just starts like violently pulling you by your vest, like trying to pull you forward and smash you into the bars. And you take one D4 of damage as he does this. Do you want me to roll my own damage? Yes, please. Sweet. Three. Yeah, so you take three damage as he kind of like a couple of times grabs you by the chest and just slams you forward into these prison bars. All right. I think Nomis would instinctively retaliate. So I'm going to grab him and pull him into the bar and... This is your last chance. Sorry, Mike. I keep looking at you because you really want to the table. <laughs> this is your last chance to tell me where Grace is at. I don't know where she is. Then who's who's your master? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? All right. You'll Nomis. see the truth soon. All right. Nomis is very upset. And while I have this guy, he's going to cast a thunderclap. <laughs> Okay, while you're in holding the, him? Yep, in the middle of this prison. 
Uh, so it's a cantrip. You create a burst of thunderous sound, which could be heard 100 feet away. Each creature other than you within five feet must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 1d6 thunder damage. Hang on, I get my dice out here. Finally, some dice rolls. No <laughs> misstarting combat. It's not good. What'd you say? You said con save? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say he fails with a three, so. <laughs> okay. Um, so he's just going to take uh, 1d6 thunder damage. Six. I probably killed him. <laughs> uh, well, you knocked him unconscious. Okay. And the rest of the prisoners in the place at this point are it, like uh, huddled in the backs of their cells. Like, what was that? Why did why did that just happen? And then you hear a commotion. And you're like, Oh no! Oh no! Um, sir. Yes, Frank. Can you can you get the keys? And you realize that Frank got up really quickly and tried to open the gate, successfully dropped the keys, and then kicked him under the door, <laughs> so he can't actually get to his keys. Okay. Um, please, please. All right, I'm approaching the keys, giving it to him. I'm ready to leave. Okay, please don't tell my superiors. This this will just be our secret, Frank. Okay. Okay. Is there anything else I can help you with? You still have, I think, 27 minutes. <laughs> so, what would I do without you, Frank? Uh, did. Are there? You said there were tabaxi here. Yeah, but yeah, they've you, been. You passed some on the way. I'm gonna do one more lap and just start calling for Grace to see if she's in here. Yeah, you'd it's call. A long shot. You're not gonna get anything. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. I'm ready to go. In your last lap, I will say that you definitely didn't see other than this guy at the very end that was by himself. Everyone else was very. I'm not gonna say pleasant because they're in prison, but they weren't aggressive and they were very scared when your thunderclap went off. So everyone's pretty much backing away from the bars as you're walking around because they're scared of you at this point. Okay, fair enough. So I want to I want to clarify something for you here, uh, Nomis, and this is bordering on table talk here, but I think it's an important distinction. This is Black Bay Harbor's only prison. There are only 24 cells, with, and the prison yep. is filled with rather docile prisoners. Which will bring us into a world mechanic that we haven't really had a chance to really emphasize too much. And that is, in general, people are pleasant in the world. Like, murder, for example, is not really a thing. Like, yeah, you might get a couple murders here and there, but it's not really anything that's, like, prevalent. So I was about to say, I think our only unruly encounter was when we went by the pub of the people that didn't care for the order but they weren't they weren't like aggressive or anything. They were just, you know, I think all bark and yep. no bite really. Yeah. So so the the message here is that Nomis does not find this unusual. You as a player might, but Nomis does not find this unusual. Which is kinda of hard to emphasize in a yeah, <laughs> story element. Okay. But as from the outside perspective, it is it is unusual. The bod is needing a break, so I, your humble innkeeper, shall give a few announcements. Hey guys, it's Sam. I just wanted to take a quick moment and thank you so much for listening. If you hadn't had the opportunity yet, we really strongly encourage you to check out our website at caradresstales.com. You'll find links there for our Discord and our Instagram. Go ahead and follow us at at caradresstalesdnd. This is where we post a lot of funny in-studio videos and um, photos of us here. 
Thank you so, so much for following along on this journey. I cannot believe we're already knee deep in season two. Again, we really appreciate that you can do anything with your time and you're choosing to spend it with us. I hope you enjoy the show. Great. It appears the bard is back and ready to continue his tale. So you are now outside of the prison and your tan-robed companion is waiting for you. And as you are coming out, he says, Do you see now? No, miss. Do, do, you, do you understand? The balance is wrong. We have seen the evil. We know it exists, but no more. Where is the evil? No, miss. There is more you must see. Where Where do you think the evil is? It's, it's everywhere, and and nowhere. But it, it's. I've seen it, and I haven't seen it. But it's. Uh, th- there's more, you have to see. And he you- turns and starts walking again. So many questions for this guy, but I know I'm not going to get answers. Yeah, exactly. He's not All the right. best person at giving answers. All right. Where? What's our next stop on our magical mystery? Find the evil tour. He, when you ask that, he actually uh, lifts his finger up and points. You don't know where he's pointing, but he's pointing in the direction you're going. So he leads you again, zigzagging through the blocks of the warehouse district, uh, occasionally looping back on himself for no apparent reason. You, at, at certain points, you start to wonder, like, are you just following an, a completely unstable person because his navigation doesn't make any sense, but... Eventually, he stops again like he did before at the prison, like you've reached a destination. And you are in an alley where there is a ladder leaned up against, lying down, leaned up against the wall. And he picks up this ladder, leans it against the wall, and starts climbing it. All right. I'm following this crazy, kind of non coherent person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because uh, I think so in Nobis's follow- mind, like Grace's was at the prison. Now I'm thinking Grace is up this ladder, so I'm, I don't know, not being very rational right now. Yeah, seems reasonable. Yeah. You're on, you think you're on a trail because he hasn't, I don't know if he even said he knows Grace, but he has Grace's smell on him. Yeah, I mean, that's. But he knows your name. He knows my name, so. And this is the yeah. closest you've been in a while, so yeah, you're just going with the flow. Going with it. So as he's climbing the ladder and you follow him up, you get to the rooftops and he, you realize that you're actually on top of a couple of buildings that are connected together. And as you come up to the boundary between the two buildings, he holds up his hand to stop you, puts one finger to his lips, and starts focusing. And you can tell that he is casting a spell. And you hear him chanting a little bit. You hear, see him holding something in his hand. And after a moment, things just kind of go quiet around you. And you figure out that he has just cast silence on the two of you. <laughs> I just mouth okay for all you people that can't see me. Yeah, just me. It's for my just, just for Mike. <laughs> and at that, so he point, can cast spells. That's at that point, know. he uh, he starts chanting again, and you're you're not sure what he's doing at this point until he disappears from your sight. 
and you look down at your own body and you can't see it either and you realize that you're now also invisible. Awesome. <laughs> and but I don't know where you he's feel at. him uh, reach out and you feel his hand kind of grab onto your arm lightly like he's going to guide you to where you need to go. Okay. I'm definitely intrigued at this point, so I'm letting him lead me. He leads you across the boundary onto the roof of this other warehouse building, and it's a it's a large warehouse building. And as you're crossing the roof, you see on either side of you these big skylights where you can see down into the building below. And in the first skylight that you pass by, you look down and you see three members of the order sitting around in what looks kind of like an infirmary, but like a like a miniature version. You can see sort of a partition dividing that room from the larger room that's in it. Okay. Are they like are they getting healed? Are they like in a bed? Are they two two of them seem to be sleeping in their beds and the third one is just kind of sitting in a chair off to the side reading a book. Do I recognize these I think we could say you'd recognize them as being shock trooper members. Okay. Because they do hang around in the Academy of Light when they're between missions. So you would probably recognize them. Maybe you don't know their names, but you would put the, you'd recognize the face. Okay. Also enough to know they're higher ranking than I am. Yeah, they're higher ranking than okay. you are. Got and it. then they're always in and out of missions in Dorma. So you'd only, they'd only be there about half the time anyway. So. Yeah. Okay. At this point, there is movement from the next skylight that catches your eye. And so you step over to that one. And as you look down into this one, you see what appears to be an operating room. And in the operating room, on the table, there is an elven man who looks like he is being prepped for surgery. And there are a couple of people dressed in... They're not quite scrubs. They look more more like hazmat suits, but like a, like a primitive version of them. And they are clearly preparing this elf for some sort of operation. You feel a tug on your arm as your companion pulls you over to the third skylight where you look down and you see the same elven man in a basically a cage and he is sitting in a what looks like an infirmary bed and he doesn't look upset or anything like that but he is in this little like cage situation in the room and then almost immediately he pulls you back over to the first skylight and you see more people in the room now with the three shock troopers are you they... see Damien, you see Dr. Graves, and you see Melwood. Interesting. The skylight is open, and through the skylight, you hear Woods explaining to both Damien and Dr. Graves everything that happened to you with the other Carmine at Granny's house, and essentially spilling the beans. She didn't leave any details out, so she was talking about you know, you guys going into Dorma and Vasa not wanting to go into it, and then Vasa getting angry and closing it, and then your guys's like conversation, like what should we do? Like how can we get back to Dorma? Like she says everything. So which I think would throw Nomis off because when I guess I'm putting together this might be Damien's science room, whatever he called it, and I know she was very reluctant the last time we talked to come here. So yep. can I can. 
concerned that this is in fact Melwood, like it's all of her characteristics. Yes. Yeah. The way she talks, mannerisms. This yep. is it's all her. And it's, a, it's information that as far as you know, only her and Vasso would know. Okay. And not even necessarily Vasso knows all of it, I don't think. Yeah, because okay. Vasso wouldn't know anything about you never shared anything with Vasso about the interior of the cave, cave and dorm. Room. So it's just the two of us and Carmine would know it. Yep. Okay. You would guess that this was Damien's research facility and you would notice that it is very you wouldn't know it as Gnomus, but it's very like modernized, like clean lines. Like he's really trying to control all the variables in his experiments and that type of stuff. Okay. But as Gnomus, I think you'd put together like, oh, they're doing some sort of research and testing in this facility. Okay. I, I think Gnomus at this point would be very concerned. I think he would start to question maybe Millwood's um, intentions a little bit, but he's also concerned of why she's here. Like, what made her decide to all of a sudden spill the beans, as it were. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I'll say she she seems maybe a little stressed out, but she does not seem under duress. Okay, so she's not like tied to a chair. Nope. Swords she, to her throat. She, as far as you of. can tell, she is here willingly, and she is explaining this willingly. Okay. Uh, I'm intrigued to hear what Damien and Dr. Graves, like how they react and, and what they... Yeah, like well, unfortunately, I'm being all you hear is Damien say that there's something else that Woods needs to see, and the three of them walk further into the facility in the direction of the other skylights that you have already looked through. You would lose track of them a little bit as they're walking through the facility, but then you would catch a glimpse of them over by that third skylight. Before you get there, as you pass by the second skylight again, you see that the operation on this person has begun, and you are not sure what exactly the intent is here, but they have this person sliced open, and they are seem to be removing his organs one by one. Holy crap. <laughs> can I go to the third mm-hmm. skylight? Like, yeah, what's, so what's you this actually person can position doing? yourself so that you can see through both of those skylights at the same time. And you cannot, you can no longer hear the conversation between Woods, Damien, and Dr. Graves because these skylights are not open. So unfortunately, you are only able to see what's happening. Okay, so what's the what's the man under the third skylight doing? Uh, so you see Dr. Graves is actually inside of the cage and she is examining him. Nothing indicates that anything is off to you. you all, all you can see is kind of... Woods and Damien standing outside this cage while Dr. Graves examines the the man inside, the elven man. But again, as far as I can concern, the man under room or skylight two and three is the same. Like, do they look identical? Yes, Yes, they do. And you see Dr. Graves walk back out of the cage area and continue to talk with Woods and Damien and you watch through the other skylight as the surgeons, I'll say in air quotes, uh, remove the elven man's heart. And as this happens, you see the man in the same room as Dr. Graves and Woods and Damien grab at his chest, and you see Dr. Graves run inside to check him out. And at the same moment, the man on the operating table and the man in the cage both vanish, leaving behind a shard. 
and the shard of the man on the operating table is dark. The shard of the man in the cage is light. So many thoughts, <laughs> possibilities going through Ryan's head. I think Nomis would just be dumbfounded, like uh, maybe putting some things together, but a lot of questions. You feel a tug on your hand, and you figure out that your companion is pulling you back the way you came toward the other building. Okay. Can How far down is it from where I'm at, down the skylight? Uh, 40 or 50 feet. It's a long drop. Yeah, and I'm going to say I probably didn't bring something that could aid me. Nope, that's kind of what we were trying to figure out what you had beforehand. Dang it. All right, mental note, always bring your (laughs) one shot (laughs) feather fall. Well, I mean, I just came to work, air quotes, and uh, jam out with Wallace, so I didn't really think I needed anything. Yeah, so you're going to go in the direction he's pulling you? Yeah, I mean, this guy's, maybe I misjudged this group a little bit, and I'm really intrigued by, you know, what he's showing me so far, so... Yeah, I'm curious to see what he's what he's got next. I was gonna say you're probably at a little shock still. Yeah, like I don't to process know what's going on. Yeah, like I'm trying to put together like maybe there is more to it that there's only you know up to fifty prisoners in all of this Black Bay Harbor and people I trusted are doing things that I thought we weren't going to do yet. And Damien and Doctor Graves are experimenting on people and. Yeah, it's, that's a lot to take in. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Yeah, so when you cross the boundary back onto that other building, the com- your companion lifts the spells, and you can see and hear him again, and he says, There is evil here, n- no, Mimimis. Are you... You can see it, can you not? Are you saying the order of light is evil, or in general there is just evil here that we can't see? You, you, you can't see it the way that we see it. Are you talking but about? It's here. You, you can't see the truth. Are you talking about the rifts, the other side of the rifts, the Danoa, and you don't see the same evil that we see. Where is it, no mists? Where is the evil that has been stolen from us? You must see the truth, no miss. See the truth as we do. Your soul is not full. It's incomplete. See the truth. And at this point, he, much like the first time when you met him, he grabs you by the shoulders and kind of intensely shakes you. But he reaches into the pocket of his robe and he pulls out a scroll and he pushes this into your hands. And then he takes a step back and another step back. And another step back straight off the roof. Do I hear a, a splat or? You do not. Okay, I'm going to go <laughs> look where he fell. Nothing there. Wow. Um, wow. Okay. Um, I'm going to look at this scroll. Like, I feel like I'm in a place where I don't even know where I'm at, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, the scroll is a very short message. And what it says is, you will soon see the truth as we do. Our reunion draws near. Trust no one. There's no signature, but what there is is a much clearer version of the mark on the man's forehead, the same mark that was on the back of the prisoner's hand. Do you want to describe what that image looks like? So it looks like it's more dimensional. Um, Like it 
it almost looks like an incomplete pyramid, but the right side is black, like shaded in. The left side, half of it is clear, and it looks like there's like the eye-looking thing in the middle. So yeah, it looks like it's, I don't know, like you said, more detailed than mm-hmm. someone- More defined. Someone branding something on someone's head versus a, yep. a drawing that- someone- And we will post this image for our listeners on our website and our social media. Correct. Wow. Nomis has major trust issues now. And so the bard's tale has come to a close. Ah, what a splendid crowd you have been. We hope we hope we'll see you again at Carriage Rest Inn. So this is the part of the episode that Sam likes the most, and that is getting to know your players. But in this case, since it's a you know a character spotlight, we are doing getting to know your character. So okay. we are asking the question is where is Nomus's headspace at currently in this story? Oh man, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's very similar to mine as the player, where it's it's very he's very confused. Uh, I think. You know, in the beginning, he was very um, kind of solemn and sad that he lost his friend Grace, and he he kind of knew what he had to do to get her back and join the Order of the Light, thinking he's going to do good, and that's he's going to get the power to bring her back. But I think meeting Carmine Prime in the cave has really started shifting his thought process of what's this other place? Obviously, there's people there. Maybe it's the same person just different sides of them like like there's a multiverse of people and i think now this guy showing him all these things is really making him think about maybe what woods is saying all along what what is the order like so now he's thinking like can they be trusted can his own party be trusted yeah on that note the second part of this question is who does nomis trust the most right now and who does he trust the least um i i feel like in his Heart of hearts. I feel like there's two people no mistrust right now. The first is Amelia, because I feel like they just get along so well. They're both very, I think, light and tenderhearted. Uh, plus, she's teaching them how to fly, so they have that bond. And he also has a very, I think, deep connection with Vincent. Like, that's someone he trusts, you know. He just feels, feels trusted. He feels him. safe around Vincent, you know especially when he acted the fool and thought he closed the rift and said, this isn't for me. And Benson was very, you know, wait, don't do this type of, so I think those two, he trusts, he trusts. Um, after this episode, I don't think he trusts Damien. (laughs) (laughs) And I think he's more suspicious of Melwood at this point. Using her full name. Mel, yeah. (laughs) Melwood, not Woods. Um, I feel like a parent. And I guess, you know, since they're going to hear it anyway, he's still unsure about Vaso. Like, he's the kind of quiet one until the rifts open up, and then he just goes full-blown yep. wrecking crew. <laughs> uh, so, like I said in the beginning, I feel like Nomis is caught in the middle, which might be kind of fitting, considering this balance of light and dark, good and evil, that he seems to be caught up in. Okay. Well, thank you. And I trust uh, my dungeon masters, uh, <laughs> Mike and John, they're going to do good things with Nomis. Cool. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we'll catch you next time. <laughs>